Hello, good humans, and welcome to another episode of Hello, Good Humans, the podcast. Today, we are joined with my friend Keely Dolph, who is somebody that I just came to know within the past couple of months, but I am so, so glad that I did. I'll be honest, she has not had an easy life, and she comes to Hello, Good Humans to talk about many of the different things that she's gone through. There are quite a few trigger warnings for this episode from self-harm to suicide, eating disorders, drugs, sex, all things that she has dealt with and is working through, but she's here to talk vulnerably. So if any of those topics do not work for you, please click off of this episode. I am so grateful that you're here for another story and to hear about Keely's life and her journey. I will say... We recorded this during a thunderstorm, so you can definitely hear the nature in the background, but you know what? That's okay. That is life, and I'm not that high-tech that I have a professional studio, so please enjoy this story with Keely, and enjoy the thunderstorm in the background. Hi, Keely. Hi. Welcome to Hello, Good Humans. I am so happy to be here. Are you happy to be here? I am, actually. I'm (laughs) so grateful. So this is Keely Dolph, everybody, and uh, Keely and I met over the past month as you were running for the title of Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest. Yes. I know that it seems like Hello Good Humans is just becoming like a pageant podcast, but it's not. It's just that there are a really lot of good people that I've met, and I want to interview all of them. So welcome, and I can't Thank wait you. to talk all things trauma today. <laughs> Huge trigger warning. (laughs) Huge trigger warning. And also, I think that both of us are people that probably deal with sensitive topics with humor. Yes. Um, I definitely grew up, like, laughing because I was uncomfortable. So we'll see how this goes. Yes. But before we get into the the topics, (laughs) let's talk about – maybe it is one of the first topics. Let's talk about, like, where you grew up. Your family situation? So I have four siblings that I'm in contact with. I have two younger siblings that live in Georgia with my biological dad. And my mom is on her third marriage. Okay. And each time she's been with someone, she's had another child. So none of them none of us are full siblings. Okay. Um but I was born in lacrosse. But I spent my first year of life in Georgia with my mom and my biological dad. Okay. I went through more in one year of my life than most people have in their entire lives. My biological dad was very abusive. And my grandma actually had to drive from Wisconsin to Georgia to come rescue my mom and I right after my first birthday. And this is the grandma that I met today? Yes. Well, and God bless her. Yes, she is She is a godsend for sure. She is my best friend. And I don't know where I would be without her. We didn't have the best relationship growing up. But now that we're older and we understand each other more, best friends. So your grandma rescued you from Georgia. Yes. And then you lived with your mom and your grandma yep. in lacrosse? Um, in Sparta. In Sparta. Okay. Yes. And I also have an older brother who my grandma had custody of until he was eight. And he is four years older than me. So. Okay. We're not that close because we didn't have our developmental years in the same household. Mm-hmm. So 
you mentioned earlier today that your mom then got custody of your older brother. Yep. And right around the same time, my only sister was born. Okay. My little Becca. (laughs) She is a little skunk. I swear. She has the chubbiest cheeks. She is the sweetest little kid. I mean, she's not little anymore. She's going to be 17. Oh, my gosh. Which makes me feel old because I'm five years older than her. Mm-hmm. So this, this happens to us. Oh, yeah. So when you say skunk, d- does she stink? or? <laughs> so she had really bad gas. Is she going to hate you for putting this on the internet? (laughs) Yes. She had really bad gas when she was little. And for her second Halloween, we dressed her in a little skunk costume. No. (laughs) No. That's okay. My grandma made it and everything, like, made her this skunk costume. Gassy girlies are allowed on this this podcast. So we love Becca. Yep. And then I have two other little brothers. And they live in Georgia. No, they live with my mom. Oh, okay. Um, they're Aiden and Keenan. Aiden's gonna be thirteen, and Keenan just turned nine. Mm-hmm. And then my dad has two children. I, and that's who's in Georgia. Yes. Okay. I have never met them. Okay. Um, all I know is their names are Peyton and Caleb. Have no idea how old they are. Okay. So. So you don't really have a relationship with your dad. Nope. And. Is that okay? Is that... Are you sad? Oh, definitely. It it really messed with my life because I didn't get to go to daddy-daughter dances. When I went to prom and had my first date, you know, I didn't have the dad to scare them off. Mm-hmm. And it it hurt, especially when it came to me coming to college because you're financially dependent on your parents until you're 24. Well... He refused to give me information for financial aid. Mm -hmm. So I'm paying out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason that I got into pageantry was because scholarship money Mm -hmm. can pay my way through. So are you currently in school? I'm taking a semester off to pay off my summer term debt. Okay. What what school do you go to and what is your degree? Um, Western Tech and Early Childhood Education. Okay. So... I'm sensing maybe because of your harmful formative years, you feel like you want to give back to to kids. And I feel like that happens frequently in people's lives that they they go into a field that helps maybe where they needed help as a young person. Yes. So did you have teachers growing up that you felt really close to or no? No. Um... I kind of blocked out a lot of school due to bullying issues. Mm -hmm. I was tormented at school. It was not a safe place for me to be, and it very much affected my education Mm -hmm. because I stopped going, and I would miss months at a time. I was almost truant. I almost had to go to court for it. It was... Definitely something that if I could go back, I would change. Because mm-hmm. my education, it really, t- yeah. But proud of you because now you're in college. Yes, it took me a few years, but and I'm And here, that's okay. So. Everybody's journey is different. So those days that you didn't go to school, what did you do? Stayed in bed. Okay. Literally, I stayed in bed, just slept, and that's 
where a lot of my depression and anxiety formed because when I did go back to school, I'd have to deal with the questions of, oh my gosh, where have you been? Why haven't you been here? And it just made me very anxious and then having to deal with the people who made my life a living hell. Yeah. And high school especially is a nasty, nasty place. This wasn't even high school. Oh, okay. Middle school? Elementary school, okay. middle school, and high school. I, I grew up in Sparta, and Sparta has a very high bullying rate. The teachers don't do anything about it. They don't care. You may get that one teacher now and then that, like, will try to put a stop to it. But most of the bullies are actually the teacher's kids. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. My biggest bully was the school resource officer's stepchild. That's fantastic. Yep. So things were not done. The principal's child was a bully as mm-hmm. well. So it was a very difficult time because you couldn't go to them because mm-hmm. it's like, well, why are you talking about my child this way? They could do no wrong. So so home wasn't a happy place and neither was school. Nope. And uh, how old were you when you started noticing that your mental health was declining? Probably sixth grade. So I was 11, 12 years old. Around that time, there was this trend going around. It was the racer challenge, if you remember what that was. I don't Kids think I do. would take erasers and erase their skin. Oh. And my self-harm started with that. It was just a trend. Well, I liked it because it all of the pain that I was feeling inside was released and it was showing what was going on on the inside on my outside mm-hmm. well when teachers would find out about what the kids were doing we had to hold an assembly and they got social services involved to kids that they knew that were doing it and I started doing research on how else I can hurt myself mm-hmm. while cutting was something that I learned about And no 11 or 12-year-old should be researching how to hurt themselves. That's not a normal thing. Right. And so I started cutting, and I am a year clean now. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So 10 years, that's a very long time, and I didn't do it, you know, straight through those 10 years. I would get help, then something would happen And I'd start again. Sorry, I'm very anxious talking about this. But it was something that I couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. It's an addiction. And getting help was the best thing I possibly could have done. It gave me the resources that I needed. And that's why with my CSI, I have something called the recovery pen in there. Because if I had that, it could have helped me so much. So when you say that you um, got help, if someone that's listening is going through something similar, where would you recommend that they start? If you are in immediate danger, call 911. Mm-hmm. Or even 211, any um, crisis lines mm-hmm. that are around. Otherwise, talk to your doctor, get a therapist, and therapy does not work for everyone. Mm -hmm. But at least starting there so you can get on the right meds and 
get the right tools and resources you need. And it's crazy too how helpful just one conversation with somebody that is unbiased, that doesn't have any prior thoughts about your family, your school, your friends, all of that. It is crazy how much something like that can help. Yes. Um, so are you in therapy now? Not at the moment. Lacrosse has a shortage it of therapists. Mm-hmm. And getting on the waiting list is very hard as it is. It is. And I was in therapy, but not for my depression, for my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But there's three therapists for eating disorders at Gunderson. Oh, I know. <laughs> and so there ended up being a conflict of interest. Okay. Because it's such a small community, but so many people need help. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also not seeing anyone either because she like literally just ghosted me. Yeah. And so. the therapist I was seeing, um, she went to a different department. She's now in gynecology. Which you're like, also necessary, but right. yeah. And now the, like, there's like two of them and it's like, mm-hmm. I opened up to her and she canceled all my appointments she was like i can't see you anymore and she waited till after my appointment to tell me that so i had a very similar experience (laughs) i during my year of being queen (laughs) i started uh experiencing really really bad body dysmorphia after they made the fitness announcement um I've dealt with stuff on and off since I was about 16 and I've been in and out of treatment and all of that. But when they made that announcement in January, I was just, I hit a really low point and I called, um, Gunderson to ask about getting into the eating disorder clinic. And then I was on the wait list for like four months. And yeah, if any of you that are listening are thinking about going into mental health, uh, treatment or, Going into like school to be a counselor or therapist, please do, because <laughs> we we needs it. <laughs> we really need it. <laughs> okay, so it's hard out here. It I want to go home, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, can you come get me? <laughs> yeah, it's scary out here. <laughs> <laughs> so, how um, how have you dealt with with having body dysmorphia and also participating in pageants? I don't. (laughs) I just kind of, with me, if I start dieting or I start working out regularly, I get too into it. I can't just, you know, have a little bit. I go straight in, head first, deep end. No, you and me, we don't know the word moderation. Nope. Nope. And so I just have taught myself, if you're hungry, eat. If you feel like working out work out otherwise just do what makes you happy because otherwise you're just not gonna be okay mm-hmm. so you're a dancer i am and you have a broken foot right now i do but you usually don't have a broken foot <laughs> no so um you know why do you dance why what what inspire you to dance so i started out in gymnastics actually and then we couldn't afford classes anymore. This was around the time that Dance Moms came out. <laughs> and we couldn't afford dance classes either. So I'm completely self-taught. Really? Yep. I've never taken 
a professional dance class. Oh my gosh, Abby Lee Miller, she taught you. <laughs> she really did. Wow. Like I would I've seen good, you dance and I would have never known. And on a good day I can do like five or six fates. Nice. Oh. Were you on dance team? I was. Oh my gosh. For one year. <laughs> hey, don't sell yourself short. That shook well, me. Well, Sparta's dance team had some issues. Okay. We've talked about my self-harm. Well, it was very bad my freshman year of high school. Okay. My coaches actually kicked me off. Because of that? Because it was a bad look for them. And they would, and my Mm. scars would show in the costumes. Mm. So two weeks before a competition, our first competition of the season, I was booted off the team. And did you have anybody to report this to? Anyone to advocate for you? Nope. (sighs) And I did not come back. Until my senior year of high school. Okay. You, you made a comeback. I did make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Was I on varsity? No. <laughs> but. Well, they have a varsity and a JV dance team. It's kind of impressive. Well, there was like nine of us. So it was basically like JV only did football games. Okay, yes. And we were able to do solos at competition, which I did. Which, fun fact, I also danced on a broken foot (laughs) right before going on so are you also just a clumsy person i am i very much am i have broken many bones and sprained many things (laughs) but we persevere ladies we persevere gotta get through it (laughs) okay so so you're self-taught do you find it do you consider it a form of exercise or do you is it a form of therapy for you? It is a form of therapy for me. When I dance, the world is silent. My brain is silent. The only thing I am thinking of is the next move mm-hmm. and nothing else. And that's why I may not be the best dancer, but I have heart. Mm-hmm. And that matters. It totally does. And I feel like that definitely shows when I'm on stage. I would have to agree. I've only seen you dance a couple of times in rehearsals even. But again, I would have never known that you were self-taught. If you go to my Instagram, one of the pinned videos is me dancing at Miss Sparta. (laughs) (laughs) And what is your uh, Instagram handle? Keely Ann Marie. Keely Ann Marie. I'll have it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, do we want to move down our uh, list of topics here? Yes. Let's talk about... uh, Suicide. Yes. I don't know an eloquent way to say that. I'm looking. <laughs> Keely was presented me with a list of topics that would be covered today, and um, it's rather dark. And that that's okay. That's what we're here for. So I have had multiple suicide attempts throughout my years, my short 21 years old life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but on December 9th, 2021, I almost died. It was very traumatic. I was in a very bad relationship. And things were said. Things had happened. And said person's mother got involved. Mm -hmm. Drove an hour to where we were living. Came to my work. And ripped me a new one. In front of customers for like 15 minutes. Well, my ex-boyfriend picked me up after work took me home 
Um, we kept fighting. He went over to our neighbors, which happened to be our best friends at the time. And did you and him live together? We did, yes. Okay. And it was his mom that came to work? Okay. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. I have nowhere else to go. This is the only way I'm getting out of this relationship. And so my antidepressants I was on, I took all of them. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, he found me passed out, puke everywhere, and ended up having to call an ambulance. I was in the hospital for two weeks, and I was in the ER park for two days, mm -hmm. hooked on to heart monitors. Um, I had to drink this nasty charcoal drink, mm -hmm. and it was the lowest part of my life. Sorry, I'm, like, shaking. <laughs> and, and, and I give you major, major props for being willing to talk about this today. And this is what I wanted to do with my CSI, was I wanted to tell my story. And I wanted people to know that they're not alone. And if you are ever feeling like this, please get help because it's not worth it. Seeing your family break down because they almost lost you is not worth it. Was it a mistake? Yes, but it has also made me who I am now. Mm-hmm. And everything you go through in your life, it leads up to who you want to be and what you can do. That every trauma that you have, every bad day, if you can turn that around and make it into a good thing, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You're doing great. <laughs> You're doing amazing. Oh, I need a drink. Uh, <laughs> Not alcoholic. It's drink. caribou, so it's. It's a green tea boosted. So we're not just drinking here. We're actually in my office at work, so that would be even worse. It could be communion wine. It could be communion but wine. But it is caribou. Um, thank you for, for sharing that and being being brave. This is a brave space, and I commend you for being brave. And I am so grateful that you are here on this earth still. Me too. Sharing your story. Because if my story can help one person, all that matters. You mentioned this earlier, but can you explain what the the pen oh, thing yes. is? So the recovery pen is something that I actually found on TikTok. Thank you, TikTok. Um, <laughs> it is a felt tip pen that is filled with red ink. And it is infused with essential oils. And if you know anything about essential oils, it uses aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. And... It also has a, like, a plastic stick on it. And so when somebody who has struggled with self-harm is self-harming, they're doing it for multiple reasons. It could be the sting effect, the blood visual, the dragging, or all three. And this pen targets those mm -hmm. without actually hurting yourself. The um, essential oils not only helps with aromatherapy and tricking your brain, it helps with the sting. And then the plastic piece has the dragging, and then the red ink is the blood visual. Interesting. And I think that they should be available in guidance offices at school. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of kids, they're scared to go to their parents. Yeah. They may not have the best support system, but... It honestly is very much needed, especially around this area, because the amount of suicides that have been happening and the amount of kids being admitted for self-harm tendencies is 
outrageous. It is. I am only asking this from an alternative perspective. Do you think that parents would be afraid that this pen t- or tool would almost like glorify things from it? Like, let's say that somebody wasn't self-harming and then they like came across this pen. Do you think that it could lead to other things or is it is it strictly a preventative I mean, and I don't know how, how you would answer that. I just am simply curious. <laughs> I think it honestly depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Because if they're thinking about self-harming and they turn to this pen, then I think it could be used as a preventative. Yeah. So they don't actually ever take the blade. Mm-hmm. But I do see where you're coming from that, you know... The way that I look at it is, it's cool. Everybody's doing it. It's kind of like with smoking. Mm -hmm. Maybe it could be used as that. That is a great thing, and I'll have to look into that. (laughs) I'm just, you know, we, I mean, I'm 24, you're 21. We grew up with social media, especially middle school, high school. And there definitely was a time when it almost seemed like self-harm was trendy. And Tumblr. And it's horrid. It's horrible because obviously people that are truly turning to it because they feel like they have no other option would probably be like horrified to know that people are just doing it for fun or like yeah. because, yeah, they thought it was Tumblr. It's totally Tumblr. <laughs> or kick. No. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> That's a whole other I was never hole. allowed to have a kick. So. Um, my parents were not involved in my life, so that I had free range. Oh, jeez. Actually, for the Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest um, interview, they asked me, what social media site do you think should be banned? I said kick because kids are getting groomed. No, that is true. And, and I actually did not, I did not realize until recently that it's still being used. I oh, thought it, it was like 2013 and it was done. But yeah, no. you can pretty much message anybody. Yep. And send horribly graphic things yes and And i had kick and that very much played a role in my eating disorder Mm -hmm. because there are pro anna group chats on kick that's honestly what most people use kick for can you explain pro anna so pro anna is basically pro anorexia oh okay yes it is glorifying having an eating disorder mm-hmm. and me being the pudgy 12-year-old, I was looking into all different um, types of diets and I came across a pro-Anna page. And that's what got me in because I was fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I struggle with the idea of censorship because it quickly becomes such a political things and obviously different parties have their different views and it becomes like this very thrown around thing but like i come from a firm stance that we have to protect our young people yes absolutely it's it's just horrifying what people are able to see i think it might be raining for those of you that heard that uh it's thunderstorming which honestly (laughs) oh i love it did not storm like all summer so love that um i had a really bizarre experience last summer it was my first year in my job as the youth director and i am driving 
students to Alabama for a mission trip. They don't have their phones because they're not allowed to bring them on the trips, which is the best thing in the world. And some of the girls in my car were like, Zoe, we're reading these really good books. They're by Colleen Hoover. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I get back from the trip. I request them from the library. I'm reading them. And I'm just like, oh, Lord, my 14-year-old students are reading this. Like, I would not have been caught dead reading. My mom is actually reading her books right now. <laughs> well, and I'll be fair. I'll be, I'll be like, honest. I, I read a couple, but I'm 24. Right. I am aware of some of these topics, but I was not when I was 14. No. So that was really strange for me to be like, oh, yeah, my 14-year-old students recommended this book to me. <laughs> yeah. Books are a topic that I love so much. And I, the problem is, is I have to listen to them because I have a hard time reading. Mm-hmm. I'm a big audiobook girly, so I get it. Um, But I am a firm believer that books should not be banned. And I actually, I... I didn't end up getting it, but I asked all my friends for my birthday this past year that I wanted a banned book because if you go to Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. they have all the banned books, which books are freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And I am a firm believer that, you know, as long as you are not hurting somebody. Thunder. <laughs> that just as long as you're not hurting anybody like say what you want you know your opinion does matter it doesn't matter if i agree with it or not mm-hmm. it's what you believe and it's not my place to judge well i'm sorry but if you look at the table of banned books at barnes and noble it's like why why for real because we're talking about gender because we're talking about sexuality because we're talking about race like to for me that is very different than if i say like I don't want my child to read this book because, like, it basically is, like, porn with words. Like, that's different to me than right. if, like, should I, do I think Colleen Hoover's book should be in every middle school? No. <laughs> However, do I believe that books that talk about race should be in every middle school? Yes. Sorry. I just, like, <laughs> I, got, I feel very passionate about this as well. So do I. <laughs> and, like, when it comes to middle school and the books they have, another thing to do with, like, self-harm is, like, they have books in their at least the middle school I went to, glorifying mm. self-harm. There um, there was this one book that I was obsessed with when I was self-harming that I kept checking it out and checking it out. It was literally called Cut. Okay. Like, that's not something that should be in a middle school. Mm-hmm. But... They can ban elementary school books because it has two mommies on the cover. Yep. That's a whole can of worms. (laughs) I know. And then we also get into the topic, and I was just talking to one of my friends about this, about, like, video game content. Oh, my gosh. And he's a big gamer. If you're listening to this, you know exactly that I'm talking about you. (laughs) And he was... He was describing, like, what he was able to make his characters do. And it's like, oh, I just, like, killed someone in their kitchen. And he's like, but you don't see me just, like, going around killing people in their kitchens because I am playing this game. Fair. But that doesn't mean that other people aren't doing it because of the content that they're consuming. Some people are more susceptible to learn from that 
kind of content. If you especially don't have good parents who taught you what was right from wrong, Mm -hmm. you're learning from what you see. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of issues come in. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate because we literally have free reign of all content. Like I could go on the internet and search the most vulgar, disgusting thing. And I'm sure that even if I was like, there's no way that this exists, it does. And it's horrible. Um, While we're on the topic of books. Yes. What are some books that you've liked recently? Um, I love Milk and Honey. Yes. That is my all time favorite book. And I think I was talking to you about that at the pageant. I don't or, think so, but it was somebody. That means someone else likes it too. <laughs> but it is such an amazing book and it's a huge trigger warning. But if you can handle reading it, read it because mm-hmm. it's amazing. I love poetry books, especially. It's an easy read, but it challenges your mind as well. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those books where you read and you're like, oh my gosh, this thought that I thought I was crazy for having is out in words and someone else wrote it for me. I actually have two copies, one of which I have notes in the margins. Mm -hmm. And the other one is just like a nice copy that I let people borrow from now and then Mm -hmm. like to read. It's such an amazing book. I could read it over and over again and never get sick of it. Have you read The Sun and Her Flowers? I have not. It's literally next to my bed. (laughs) I'm waiting to read it. I have not had the time, sadly. I would say if if my memory serves me right, Milk and Honey is much more about like going through a toxic relationship and overcoming. Yep. It is kind of what the four chapters are about. Maybe I'm totally lying and this is going to be like... Fact- I'm pretty sure it's more gross. Yeah, I think it's more personal. I think it has less to do with relationships with other people and more to do with yourself. And it's... Yep. Oh, I have goosebumps. I love those books so much. <laughs> Ruby is such a good author. I know. I know. Um, do you want to want to keep going down the line? Yeah. And I don't know how to say that word. Promiscuity. Promiscuity, everybody. It's probably spelled wrong. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was like because because isn't the word like promiscuous? And I was yes. saying prom- promiscuity, promiscuity, <laughs> promiscuity. Yes. What is what does this mean to you? I went through a dark time. Yeah. Where we've already been over my family dynamic of growing up without a dad. Mm-hmm. When you grow up without a dad, you look for love in other places. Yes. And that definitely played a role into my life where I was not being safe. I would meet up with people on Tinder. Mm. And even in high school, I was just, I was very promiscuous. Mm. I was dressing very promiscuous. I was acting promiscuous. I was... Basically a slut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean... That's the best way to explain it. I hate that word, but also, like, if by definition you were being... A slut. A slut, then... Oh, my gosh. I, like... I'm, like, like barfing in my mouth. Like, I can't say the S word. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, And I think... I can't say that I have... That I have been there because I haven't. Uh, and that is for a multitude of other reasons. I just, I'm not a very physical person. I really am not. Um, I'm not anymore. I like, but if you were looking for like attention and you were thinking that it was love, because let's be very clear, 
yes, yes, you were looking for love, but that's not what you were receiving. No. Um, I understand. I, I get it. And being that way, it got me into a lot of bad situations. Mm -hmm. I was actually assaulted and it was very bad. I met up with this person and he ended up pulling out a gun. Okay. And so it was that moment that my life changed and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm gl- I'm not glad that it happened, obviously, but I'm glad that it turned my life around. Grateful for your own realization, yeah. Yes. I just, I was not thinking. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's not my fault, but still part of my brain is like, you did this to yourself. You chose to go there, which, horrible part of my brain. <laughs> I wouldn't say... And I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. You are not responsible for his actions. Only and you never own. will be. Yeah. But you also realize, like, I'm putting myself in this situation and I have control over that. And, like, I'm sorry, but if you were my daughter, I'd be like, get the F off of Tinder. You're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Like, this is... If your mother listens to this episode, she's oh going God. to have a heart attack. Yeah. She won't. Okay. She won't. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her. My mom is going to listen to this and text me and be like, I'm having a heart attack over Keely's episode. And like, I, I want, if somebody is listening to this and they're going through this, I want them to know that they're not alone because everything that has happened happens for a reason mm-hmm. and it makes you who you are. And you are worthy And you are valued without the attention and false love of another human being. So, question for you. Yes. You are now in a relationship with a female. Yes. When, if you feel comfortable answering this, when did that uh, maybe realization happen? When did you realize, like, hmm? So, I've actually known that I was bisexual since I was, like, 11. Okay. Um, I used to play house with some of my friends and we would, like, kiss under the blankets and, like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people have been there. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Like, I've had so many conversations with people and they're like, wait, I'm not the only one that used to kiss my friends? Like... (laughs) Again, I I can't say, like, yeah, me too, but but I've heard. I've heard other people have said that. So, like, I feel like I've always known... Mm -hmm. But I liked girls on some level. Mm -hmm. And I'm still figuring out my sexuality. I know that I like guys. I know that I like girls. I like everybody. It doesn't matter if you're non-binary, trans, whatever. Mm -hmm. I fall in love with personality. So we're maybe, like, feeling a little bit more pansexual. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like people, like, just hate on pansexual people. (laughs) (laughs) Because people act like middle schoolers still. Yes, and the reason that they act like that is because they don't have enough education yeah. or they don't understand it or it scares them. So I've just been identifying as queer. Yeah. Which we love. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm here to support whatever, um, whoever you're loving. And, um, I don't know anything about your relationship, but I want you to feel loved and happy and supported Yeah, in whatever, whatever, wherever your life takes you. 
obviously relationships have their ups and their downs. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're thinking about getting into a relationship, don't ever just think like, oh, this is going to be a perfect relationship. We're not going to fight. We're not going to argue. Like, it's just going to be all highs all the time. Mm-hmm. That's unrealistic. There's always going to be, like, you're going dis- to disagree on what movie you want to watch that night. But if it ever comes down to you're scared to tell this person how you feel, mm-hmm. if it ever comes down to I'm scared to do this because they're going to do this, then that's a relationship that you need to leave. Yes. Yeah, that's manipulative. It's, it's, it's gaslighting. Yeah. I heard a really interesting piece of advice when I was a sophomore in college from a couple that was they were both professors at my university and they had both been in previous marriages and then they found each other when they were like in their 30s um and the wife said like love is a choice like you can you can feel in love but like to stay in love or to stay married it's it's a choice like you have to choose that person every day you have to choose to be faithful you have to choose to be honest you have to choose all these things because life throws so much temptation at us and it throws so many obstacles it throws stupid arguments about movies it it throws all this stuff and now after being with with my partner for almost four years i realized that like we moved in together and like the first year we moved in together was awful because we and i shouldn't say awful because ben i love you so much but like we very much fell into this, like, oh, we live, we live together so we don't have to spend intentional time together. Right. And so all of a sudden we were, like, living like we're roommates. Because we weren't choosing to act like we were dating or, like, act like we were in love. It was just, it was very, uh, it, it became very platonic, which is not how you ever want your relationship no. to be. Sorry, Ben. I love you, man. <laughs> we're never doing that again. Anyway. So, but you got past it. We did. And you guys are thriving. But and we, it took work. Like, yeah. it, in, and if we had just given up and been like, well, he's not the person for me. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't imagine. Like, yeah. It's not easy. It's, it is not easy. And I got the opportunity to meet Ben. And you guys <laughs> <laughs> just points at him while he's walking through the door. That, yeah. yeah. I had about seven or eight young women at my house. And as Ben walked in the, into the door, we all just pointed at him with straight faces. And he and I was the first one he saw because, as we mentioned before, I have a broken foot. So I was sitting on my scooter <laughs> right by the walkway. <laughs> and he was Ugh. so confused. It was so funny. So confused, but also, like, so not phased because, like, it's I just... F- I feel like he's used to that. He's just like, whatever. Just Zoe being Zoe. Even though it wasn't my idea. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk about the last item on our yes. agenda. Drugs. Drugs. Don't do them. Don't do them. Don't do them. If they ruin your life. Mm. Absolutely. It started with smoking weed. And people, if anybody watching this, I mean not watching this, listening to this, <laughs> is like, well, weed isn't a gateway drug. Well, it might not be for you. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's not a gateway drug for another person. Mm-hmm. I started smoking at quite a young age. I was 13 or 14. And by the time I was 16, I was experimenting with Coke. Mm-hmm. And 
I haven't done it in years. I don't even know how long I'm clean from it. But it is not something that you should ever get into. It ruins your nose. And honestly, the high is 15 minutes. Hmm. Like, it's not worth it. It's expensive. It ruins your nose. It ruins your teeth. It ruins your nasal passage. Mm-hmm. And it honestly just, it strips you of who you are when all you can think of is your next high. Mm -hmm. And it's dangerous. It's so dangerous, especially with things being laced now. Mm -hmm. Like fentanyl is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting it off of the street, you don't know what it's cut with. Yeah. It could be antidepressants, energy pills, fentanyl, baby powder, baking soda. Like, there's all these different things that it can be cut with, and you don't know what you're putting into your body. And the human body is not made to be breathing no, that in. And it's not. Um, how did you find freedom from using drugs? So I think we've all established that I have an addiction issue with self-harm, eating disorder, working out, you know, I don't know when to say no for things. Mm -hmm. And so when I was 15 or 16 and my friend invited me over on our lunch break from school and she offered it to me, I was like, you know what? You're YOLO. You're only young once. And little did I know it would be like three years until I completely got clean from it Mm -hmm. and there are still times that I think about it yeah but I just had to tell myself like that's enough like you can't keep going like this you can't keep living like this Mm -hmm. and no one in my family knows to this day not even my grandma who is my absolute best friend who I tell everything to Mm -hmm. she doesn't even know I ever did it well the internet's about to know and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I I created this platform as a way for people to tell their stories. And I think something that I've struggled with, and, and not with this episode that we're recording right now, but with other people's stories is I'm, I've wondered, if I put this out on the internet in connection with my name, does that mean that people are going to think that I condone this? My very best friend was my first interview, and she is struggled with substance abuse and you can listen to her first episode or my first episode with her and hear her own journey. And, and I just realized, you know what? I don't, I don't care if someone listen. Well, I do care. I would never want someone to listen and be like, Zoe had the word Coke on her podcast. She does Coke. Like, no, I, I don't want that, but I do want to give people space to be able to talk about the things that they've gone through. So And my life has been one trauma episode after another when you feel abandoned and neglected and, like, you don't matter. You find love in other things, whether it's self-harm, drugs, sex, whatever your go-to might be. Like, I forgot where I was going with that. That's okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you where... How do you feel your life is going right now? A lot better. My, you know, it may not be perfect. 
I'm maybe struggling with school debt and I may be struggling with my relationship, but my mental health is honestly one of the highest places it's ever been. Like, I just turned 21, so obviously I went out drinking for my 21st birthday. As one does. Right. (laughs) But I'm not really drinking much. I don't do drugs anymore. I have a good relationship with my grandma. I'm getting there with my mom. Granted, my talent may have (laughs) suggested otherwise. It's okay. It was your truth. Exactly. And I'm glad that you ran for Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest because... So am I. That is, I mean, truly, I, again, like, have goosebumps, like, thinking about the 10 of you. All 10 of you are in such different places in your lives, in your careers, in your relationships, in your schooling. But there was a level of camaraderie that I don't think that I would have expected. And it was amazing to see you all grow together during the month. And I'm excited because you've already hung out with some of the other girls. Like, I feel like you guys are all, like, my little ducklings. Like, even though I'm, like, I'm gone now. No one cares about me. Like, I'm I'm just, like, in the pond, but. <laughs> and I do want to make one thing clear with everything that I've talked about. I'm clean and sober and happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> somebody just honked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And somebody watching this may be looking in and being like, oh, my gosh, how could they let a drug addict mm. run for the Miss America organization? That shouldn't be allowed. And I completely disagree with that because nobody knew until I said something. Mm-hmm. You can't look at somebody and just be like, you went through this. You now need to be punished for it because this was your coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I think you're a smart enough person to know that if you were to win a title and you made bad de- bad, bad decisions, you would be held accountable for it. Exactly. Actions have consequences. And if you don't own up to that, it's only going to make yourself worse. I also think that it's so important for people to see real human beings with real human struggles in these role model positions. Because when I tell you that I had no idea the impact that my story of body dysmorphia would have on our community this year, and I'm not sitting here like, you know, tooting my own horn or anything but like but i will toot toot (laughs) (laughs) thanks gilly like so many people have reached out and been like hey my mom like took a video of your of your speech at wherever and like that really helped me and with everything you've gone through to come out on the other side and be pursuing like a, a an education and a career and all this stuff i mean it's incredible and with living and being around lacrosse there is a lot of drug issues Mm -hmm. and so these little kids whose parents may be addicts they have no one to look up to Mm -hmm. they don't know what it's like to have somebody to look up to that's clean and sober like the women running for the miss america organization we're not perfect we are far from it Like you said, we're all human beings who have gone through our own things. And having somebody in a position where they can share their story could help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that should be the whole point of it. Exactly. It really should. Well, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yes, absolutely. 
If you are struggling with any of the things that we've talked about today or anything that we haven't, please reach out to somebody. Please go get help. My DMs are open. So if you message me on Instagram, I can give you resources. Mm -hmm. Just please, you are worthy. You are not a disappointment. And you will get through this. Mm -hmm. Mic drop. I'm going to ask you one last question because I because I just thought of it. So recently we have been talking about potentially like you getting back into your faith a little bit. Yes. Um, Do you want to talk about what your journey with religion has been? And, you know, people that listen have come from all different backgrounds. So speak freely. (laughs) So I grew up Catholic. I had a first communion. I was baptized everything but I stopped going around the ages of 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. so I never got confirmed okay but I had a lot of very messed up stuff happen to me as a kid and I used to pray every night for it to go away and I just felt like God wasn't listening and like being older now I know that's not how that works but little kid Keely was like He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. Mm -hmm. So I strayed away. And with the help of Zoe and how (laughs) wonderful and amazing she is and just helping out at her church, I have found a community of people that are amazing. The first time I volunteered here last month, everybody was just awesome. And so I'm back again Mm -hmm. and hopefully... Still thinking about it, but I very much want to start coming to church here mm-hmm. and getting back into my faith. Yeah, and this is not a, a shameless plug for my church, but but I do think that there is something to be said about finding a community of people that worship God in the same way that you do. I mean, there's so much, there's so much violence and hatred between religious communities because people say that other places of worship aren't doing it right or they're sinning or whatever. And maybe this is, maybe this is a sin for me to say, but I fully believe that we're all worshiping the same God. We just have to find a community that makes sense to us. And I happen to go to a very accepting and inclusive church, which I love. I don't, I don't know if I would have gone into ministry had I grown up somewhere else. So I am more than happy to be welcoming you in. And even if it's, once a month. I mean, although I wish you would come like every day. But <laughs> um, The last question that I ask everybody, just because it started with the first episode and I like it, is what, what, what have you been listening to lately, music-wise? Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Shout out. Her album Guts is amazing. Um, I wish I listened to more music. I'm going to be completely honest. I also listen to a lot of Suicide Boys, which I think is kind of funny because oh my, my CSI is literally about suicide prevention. And my one of my favorite bands is Suicide Boys. It's all about the irony with you. It really is. But I will say that Suicide Boys, their whole message is to get help. And mm. they're um, recovering drug addicts. And they struggle with their own issues. And so... I just really like their music. Mm-hmm. I listen to everything. I also listen to classic rock. I love me some country. Really? <laughs> That's confusing to me. It is. It is. Is it actually? I 
just interview with one of my really good friends from college who is a lesbian. And we had a really good conversation about like how country music doesn't isn't really inclusive of the queer community so it's just interesting listen to follow your arrow by casey musgraves okay that it literally her her music is awesome but i will say i do like her a lot i'm just not a country person in general i don't like the the topics like i don't care about your pickup truck (laughs) and like your beer i really don't yeah i want to hear about the heartbreak I listen to a lot of female country artists. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to uh, Kelsey Ballerini? I love Kelsey Ballerini. Mm-hmm. Her Rolling Up the Welcome Mat EP is amazing. Um, I also listen... I'm not a big pop person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like Ariana Grande or... <laughs> the look. <laughs> the look that I just gave Keely. How dare you? You know what? I'm deleting this whole episode. No, I'm just kidding. I have a tattoo for Ariana Grande. Do you actually? I do. I have her hand tattoo on my arm. I She is everything to me. See, and that's okay. Like, I don't have to like it, but you do. And I happen to know that you're not a Swifty. No, I'm not a Swifty. That's okay. There, you know, there are a few songs. I like her old stuff, which I'm, I know there's controversy with, you know, her old stuff and everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And I like her Taylor's version of it. Yes. But I really like... Her old stuff. Yes. I I will stand very proudly and say that Fearless is the best album. Fearless, Taylor's version. But Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so all over the place. All over the place. I, I listen to everything. Music is just a way of expressing how you feel, and I think it's be- all beautiful. So, What were you going to dance to? Oh, it's called Smaller Than This. Okay. By Sarah Kay's. Okay. It's about recovering from an eating disorder and at the end i pull a sheet off of a mirror and i wrap the sheet around my body and then drop it in front of the judges okay yep (laughs) you have to do it in the future oh you have to if i am healed by miss on alaska okay we're doing it i will show it to you after this okay amazing well keely you are a good human Thank you. Mm-hmm. So are you. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Of course. I'm so glad I could share my story. Me too. And I know it's a lot, but. It's okay. We will have those content warnings and people can listen knowing full well what's about to come. So thank you and goodbye, listeners. We're waving. Okay, bye. <laughs>